Thank you so much for joining me today. I am Yetunde and I talk to people about their journey into tech. Hello. So today I'm going to be speaking to Babaji Day about being an international student in the United States. So I have some questions for you. So why did you decide to get into tech? Um, okay, actually it, it started like as, as curiosity and like I've always been interested in the tech side of um, chemical engineering when I was in school. I studied chemical engineering for my undergraduate. So there were some like CAD softwares that we had to use, ICs, and we had to use MATLAB for analysis too. So I saw that like I was interested in learning all those softwares. So so soon, when during my third year, I, I had like an assignment where I had to use MATLAB. And I didn't know MATLAB at all. We were not being taught in school. So I started to learn it on my own. And from there, I was interested in coding because I actually built some stuff with MATLAB then. And night and day, I was studying MATLAB and it caught my interest. Sometimes I even forget to eat or forget to remember to do anything else. So I started using it like that. So then going to like my final year, we had a national strike in Nigeria where there was no school, schools were not opened, but the hostels were opened. So I would say, fortunately for me, the mocks in my school then started some kind of vocational studies. And one of the courses being taught was web programming. So, and they were collecting like very ample fee to learn it. So I started from there. I paid the money, started learning web programming from there. And I was interested like day and night then I was doing HTML, CSS and PHP. And even, even after the whole five weeks of the learning, I went back to meet our tutor and I arranged with him to teach me one-on-one. -on -one. And from there on, I just like went into tech from there. Wow, seems like you were really passionate about tech. Yes, yes. So why did you decide to change your major to, to tech? Okay. I, okay. Actually, this is like similar to the first question. I Tech is something I have passion for. Mm -hmm. So I realized it was something I like doing and my time will be better invested doing what I like. Um, uh, as they say, if you do what you like, you never work a day. And mm -hmm. so I, I pursued it. Like I took tutorials, bought paid courses, went to meetups, asked for help from, from people that I know that are more knowledgeable than me. So over time, I got better. And I was doing stuff with ease. So I could be coding for a whole day and I won't do anything else. So anything tech for me was just effortlessly. It caught my interest straight off. So after some years of experience, I worked for three companies in Lagos, Nigeria. So after that, so I just decided, oh, if I ever decided to further my education, I would use the opportunity to close the gap in my computer science knowledge, since that was in my background from the start. So when it was time to actually enroll in a graduate program, I just decided to enroll into a graduate 
computer science program so as to close the gap and I get to learn some stuff I didn't get to learn when I started out programming. Okay. So did you have any challenges while learning tech, while learning to program? Yes. Yes, I did. Of course. I... I got stuck on so many occasions <laughs> without help. Sometimes I would, I would sleep with my laptop, with my laptop on my stomach, and I was I got stuck on on a problem. And before I started going to meetups and meeting people, I I had no one to like ask questions and yeah. like nobody to ask. Um, even with Stack Overflow and the likes, I think there's still I still like like this human interaction where like there's somebody online or offline that I get to access. And so being stuck sometimes, it was challenging for me and there was nobody, nowhere I could turn to. But over time that changed and I got to meet people online, offline that I could access. And I started using Google Stack Overflow and a whole lot of other forums that solved my problems then. Yeah. So it was challenging, yes. Yeah. So did you go to meetups in Lagos? Or? Yeah, yeah. I, I attended a, a lot of meetups then. I, like any meetups then, you find me going to meet, like there was Angola, Nigeria. There was Laravel, Nigeria. There was so many other meetups that I went to. And there was For Loop. There is For Loop, rather. And yeah, yeah so anything tech meetup then caught my interest and we had some kind of smaller smaller meetups too there was phone, phone stack and it just caught my interest so i find myself so and it was during the weekends so sometimes i had to like cancel my schedule and to attend these meetups because i put it i, I put those meetups first like mm-hmm. I, I i have like i think almost like about 10 t-shirts i got from meetups from attending meetups so i did this like weekend week out. My weekend was sometimes you're just from meetups on Saturdays. Wow. Yeah. I can really see your love for tech. <laughs> um so did you ask questions on Stack Overflow? Did you have any challenges with people answering your questions? Yeah. I haven't asked so many questions on Stack Overflow. <laughs> Maybe once or twice. Sometimes I'll just be like do I want to? <laughs> I hope I'm not. I'm not like disgracing myself by asking this question. Like, could this question be easy? Like sometimes, so I try to think it through so hard before I eventually ask. Ask. Then sometimes, like I, I got to meet other people living close to me, or people I could just call up about these problems, and they answer me sometimes. And so, but I I posted one or two questions on Stack Overflow. Yeah, I did. But then I, I think I just put human interaction before going online to ask questions. So how was self-learning like? What was the experience teaching yourself after your program at the most? Yeah, it was actually interesting. After my program at the MOCS was when I was actually so anxious to learn a whole lot of things like i was coding day and night i would see a template then and i would just like quickly want to whip up html and css to come up with the same template 
And then later on, when I got to learn PHP, I I started like adding functionalities and with PHP then JavaScript too. So it's, it's an interesting. And of course, there are times where I sh I I got struck and needed to ask for help. It was easy then because I was still in school, and the 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 tutor in the mocks was still close by. So sometimes I could just walk to his hostel to ask him some questions, then or call him on the phone. So then I think one thing that really helped me back then is that it was the absence of tech noise in Nigeria as at then. The buzz was not really as much as it is now. And you know, like right now, that noise convinces beginners. Like today, you are hearing of React, tomorrow, Angular, and like the new fancy technology, you want to learn it. And around 2014, 15, there was the absence of that. And I think it really helped me focus. Like, I, I don't know what it would be like starting out as a beginner right now. Yeah. So, Even right now, there's a lot of tech noise. Even in the United States, everybody. Yes. Yeah, to be very honest, I get to like pity beginners right now, and it's not actually fair on them. I was there was actually an article I was reading on Medium where yes, a beginner voiced out about being confused with the with the old noise about tech and all. Yes. So then self-learning was interesting. I would get stuck on problems. I would meet people. Then sometimes I would copy stuff on over stack overflow when I just wanted it to work. Sometimes I would research further and make sure I understood the problem and I understood the solution too. Yeah. So it was really interesting. Then I had, there was a time I had peers that were learning web programmers at then during the national strike. So we were helping each other, we were monitoring our progress, stuff like that, and it was interesting. So how long was the strike? The strike was for about six months. Okay. Yes, so for about six months. So it was during the strike, I actually learned how to drive a car. It was during the strike, still in the mocks, I learned web development. So I really put that time into good use, and to be very honest, I'm still grateful for it till today because it was like it was like a turning point for me. Seems like you learned a lot and put your yeah. time to good use. Yes, yes. So, how is the tech industry in Nigeria? I'm, like, I'm Nigerian, but I've never actually been in tech industry. What I was in Nigeria, I wasn't. It wasn't until I moved here. So, what was your experience like? Yeah, uh, if you're on Twitter, you would, and you follow like. Nigerian web developers, software developers, like influencers, you know, the tech industry in Nigeria is going, is buzzing, and the community is welcoming. Like, it's really buzzing. There are conferences and meetups every now and then. There are more schools teaching programming now than there was before. And you see that a lot of companies from the US are even supporting most of all these conferences. There is DevFist from Google. There are um, uh, Digital Ocean sponsors some meetups. GitHub sponsors some. Um, Figma. Like, there's a lot of support for it because they see the market for it in Nigeria. The tech industry is really booming right now. A lot of people are even changing careers. 
careers because of this tech boss right now. And the whole thing is just interesting. Like you, you would notice, for instance, that Nigeria made the top five countries where GitHub contributors come from, like new users in the recent numbers they, they published. Months ago. So it's, it's really interesting. It's really interesting. Like the whole tech industry in Nigeria is so big right now. And the sky is their limit. Yeah. Yeah, seems like Nigeria is really one to watch out for in tech. Yes, absolutely. So what made you decide to come to United States for your master's? This question is sounding like my SOP all over again. <laughs> like, like my statement of purpose all over again. Uh, okay. I, I needed quality knowledge and I knew I would get it in the U.S. The U.S., in a way, is, is a citadel of learning in the world. And I didn't want to be handicapped by some factors that, affect, that affected students in Nigeria. So, and I also envisaged the kind of exposure I would get while in the U.S. You know, I just spoke about the national strike now. There's a, there's a strike going on right now. Oh, yes, I heard. Yes, right now. And imagine, like, I was doing my master's in Nigeria right now. If, like, I would have just been stagnant or something. And I wanted to know what the tech community is like in the U.S. too, what all things are done over here, and just key into the tech community here too. So all this influenced my decision in coming to the U.S. to do my master's. Yeah. Okay, so you mentioned uh, some of the, did you say, disadvantages of being a tech person in Nigeria. So what do you think some of those are? Yeah, like I said, of being a tech person in Nigeria, mm-hmm. like I said, as a beginner tech person mm-hmm. in Nigeria, you have the noise and the obos. Like, to be very honest, if, if you are not in control of yourself, you might be overwhelmed by a whole lot of things, a whole lot of things. Like today, you could hear, you could go to a meetup and they are talking about Angola, and then you go home and start learning Angola. Then you go for another one next week. You start hearing flutter, and you go home and start and start hearing flutter. Yes. So you have to be focused and know what you want to learn. Basically, I go to meetups to know what to learn, to know like how to better my craft in things. I'm already interested in. Then if this new technology is buzzing, I'll just take a look into it and not just jump into it right away. So uh, another thing that affects tech in Nigeria is there are are cases of police harassment. You see, there there are individuals that go to work every day with their laptops and tech people usually dress down we don't sit up or dress like in the corporate world. Yeah. So these people are usually mistaken for fraudsters, and they are mistreated. They are maltreated, and they are they are they are beaten up, locked up, and extorted for money. It's so unfair, and there has been like an awareness about this, and I think it has reduced a bit now. Yeah. So that is also one challenge. So another challenge is electricity which is that one is a big one electricity then internet is still very much expensive in nigeria 
internet is expensive and it's looking like um, internet providers are just sucking up your data and they are not even giving you what they promised or what you bargained for. Then even the service is not usually so good. Yeah, I faced those issues while I was in Nigeria. Yeah, so those are those are the problems disturbing like any tech person in Nigeria. Yeah. Okay. So what's the difference between studying in the US and studying in Nigeria? I've since I've been here, I I took summer classes, two summer classes, and I then the fall semester that ended last month. So I think what I noticed is that assignments and continuous assessments they mean much more year than in Nigeria. Mm. Yeah, like if you do well during the semester, if you do well, if you should do well during the semester, sometimes you might not even eventually have to write your final exam. That's because of the continuous ass assessments. Then I think what I noticed again are like the advantages here. Like you have access to facilities that like it's learning and makes learning conducive and interesting for you. Like you want to learn. And to be very honest, this this learning aids, they've they've made me more productive as a graduate student. I have access to labs, materials, books, and my professors are actually ready to listen to me at any time. You don't get you don't really get that in Nigeria, to be honest. Yet and as like I said in the previous question, internet and electricity is still a major issue in Nigeria. You could be reading in Nigeria like during the night, preparing for for an exam, and Nepal takes the light. And it's so disappointing because that's the end of your reading. Nothing you can do about it. You can't charge your phones. You can't charge your laptops. Yeah. And it so that handicaps a lot of students. So we are. I remember when I was in. University of Lagos, sometimes we have to read on the streets with the street lights. Yes, sure. I don't think there, there was any blackouts since I've been in the US. No, not even once. I hear it, I hear it, I hear it happens, but I've not witnessed one. Yeah. Then another issue is the national strike I, I spoke of, and like it's happening right now. So, you you don't even get to see anything like that here. Like right now, I know the date I'm actually going to graduate. So I think that's, that's interesting. And so those are basically differences between studying in US and studying in Nigeria. Yeah, it's definitely a big difference. Yeah. Um, so what's your experience been as an international student? I know because in Nigeria, you're just, you're domestic. Nigeria from Nigeria. How does it feel coming to another country and studying there? It's been interesting and challenging at the same time. Yes, there has been ups and downs, you know, sometimes. And even till now I keep settling down. There are times I missed home and and was lonely. And I actually like felt felt like uh, felt like I, I actually missed them. So, and you'll be lonely in the sense that having people around you doesn't necessarily translate to not being lonely. You could be with people and you, you actually miss your family or their particular set of people you wish you were with and but you were not with at that time. So that happens. Then as to exposure, 
I've met different people from different parts of the world in the US. Yes, uh, and I've learned a lot about different cultures in a way that settled some misconceptions I have about some cultures and some topics. Yet I get to interact with a lot of Indians, Mexicans, I have friends from Nepal, I have Chinese friends, I have friends from Asia, like and other African countries too. So I so I try to interact with these people and I learned so many things in, in the process. And like I also engage myself in some activities in school. Like for instance, I I I got myself into the intramural competition, soccer competition last semester, and it was it was nice playing with a whole I played with Mexicans, with people from different parts of the world in my team. Yeah, so it was it was actually interesting. So as to exposure, it's been really good for me. Probably what's left for me is to connect to the developer community to expand my network down here. So as soon as like I start that or I've gained reasonable time doing that, then yes, US has actually my experience in as an international student has been been good. Yeah. Yeah, sounds interesting. Yeah. There are a lot of uh, different cultures in the US, people from all over the world. So, I I know you told me you've been searching for an internship. What has it been like searching for an internship here, especially as an international student? It's been nothing short of challenging, actually. Like, there has been rejections here and there. And it's quite challenging for international students. I've applied to a couple of companies, Google, Microsoft, Uber, GitHub, and a host of other big companies and startups too. I, I, I think I've filled nothing less than 50 applications and I've gotten about 15 to like 20 rejections. That's like outright rejection, no interviews, like your straightforward rejection, like we will not be moving forward with your application because of this and that. And sometimes I get tired of like actually wanting to apply again. Sometimes I'm just optimistic that I would land on very soon. So right now I'm still actively looking for a software engineering internship and I'm optimistic I would get one soon. You know, then you, you, you get to see for yourself that there are a lot of students applying for the same positions as you are doing. Like you find yourself competing for these positions with students from Harvard, MIT, and the likes. So it's really challenging, really challenging. I also plan to attend career fairs and conferences to increase my chances of finding one. Yeah. But it's been challenging, it's been challenging. It's not, it hasn't been a smooth ride. Trust me, I know. Searching for a position, a job um, in tech, especially as an international student, is a constant barrage of rejection. Yes. So, what programming languages do you use? Actually, it was during my third year in University of Lagos. I started out with MATLAB, the assignment I spoke about. Mm-hmm. Yeah. More. As far as the web is concerned, I started out with PHP and JavaScript. I'm also proficient with Python. 
Yeah. So then for frameworks, PHP was the first framework I was introduced to because of a place I worked. Yeah. Then along the line, I, I really fell in love with Laravel and built a lot of cool stuff with it. Then there's Django as for Python. For front-end frameworks, I started out with React actually, but yeah, I, I found this difficult and stopped learning it. Then I, I moved to Vue, which was actually easy to learn, and the learn, learning curve was not, was not as steep as the one for React. So I I sticked with Vue for a long time, and I went back to React and it clicked. Then Redux later on. So over the years, I've built apps with these languages and frameworks. So many of them are on my GitHub and my portfolio. Yeah. So this language has stayed with me over the years. Yeah, seems like you have knowledge of a lot of programming languages. So how long have you been coding for? Yeah, I think professionally, I've been programming since 2015. What about non-professionally? Like the first time you ever did tech? Yeah, so that that has been since like 2013, actually. Oh, wow. Yeah. That's like six years of experience. Yeah. So what misconception about programming do you think most people have? Yeah, I, I actually, I think there are so many misconceptions people have. Yeah, I think the first is people think you need to have a computer science degree before you can program. So maybe you have a computer science degree, maybe you graduated from a boot camp, or you are self-taught. It doesn't matter how you learn to code. If you know it, you know it. And that's just the beauty of programming. If you know it, you know it. Another thing is, I see, in my own opinion, I don't think you need to commit in memorizing every every inbuilt method in every language you come across or every CSS property and values as they are good places to look them up. Yes. There are some fundamental things, however, that will make these languages more easier for you to use. But any other thing, you could easily look them up. Yeah, then I Yeah. Then... I still hear of people trying to learn React before actually learning JavaScript. And that should not be the case. Yeah. And I think, uh, lastly, I I come across some libraries which I use on GitHub. And I just open them up and try to understand the code. And sometimes I, I see some abstractions that are not needed. Like, So I wonder whether the authors are trying to make things complex just just for the sake of it like there are some abstractions that just make things unnecessarily complex and that you can do away with yeah so i think those are like the misconceptions right yeah so basically keep things simple learn the yeah. basics yes and you can learn programming no matter how you start yeah. no matter how you start how's the tech journey been for you and where are you right now in that journey as we all know, the the learning never stops. Yeah. Yes, you still get to learn, polish one or two things about even what you know, and it it, it never stops. Sometimes I feel 
I'm not ready for the tech industry, even with my experience. And I'm the biggest fraud I know. You know, so, something in the case of imposter syndrome. Yeah. Like, and I just wish somebody doesn't call me out of, or just, or just like, um, I, I pray I'm not found out sometimes. Then, you know, other times when I'm not doubting my abilities, I'm the most awesome developer I know. And I just feel like, oh yes, I, I can do this thing and, I'll, and I'm really happy about it. I can do this, I can do a whole lot of other things without probably looking anything up. Yeah. And their stuff are still I still learn see to date. Because yeah, that I don't even know. E.g. I hear of containers all the time. Docker, Kubernetes and I just said it, oh yeah. Two thousand and nineteen is probably the year I learned about containers. Yeah. So right now I'm not I don't think I'm really afraid of testing new horizons like starting out in in the tech industry and i believe if there's anything i don't know right now learning it won't be hard for me i'm at the point where i can just take on any challenge yeah so that's basically where i am right now yeah a lot of people uh say they experience imposter syndrome in yeah. tech i think i i, I think it's just self-awareness like you are not to carry the way in what you think you know your self-awareness self-reflection and it happens to a whole lot of people i look up to yeah so it happens to everyone even people that are not in tech you get to your first day of work and you feel like oh when are they probably going to fire me for not knowing this but you'll be fine in the end. Yeah, I feel like sometimes I experience that, especially with my uh, job search. I'm just like, oh, maybe I don't know enough or stuff like that. But I feel like it's just, no matter what, you can never know everything. You just have yes, to you can't, you can't encompass on the knowledge about programming or all the programming languages or the architecture or this and that, you can't. Yeah. Um, so how did you get your first tech job? My, it was an internship, actually. I was just on the internet and I just saw this link of get trained for three months and this, 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 this and that. So I, I just applied for the three months training mm -hmm. and I applied without expecting to be called actually because before then I had no experience. So around about three weeks later, I was with a friend, we were going somewhere and I was called for an interview the next day. So I, I went there, I did the interview, I passed. I, I, I actually didn't get any email from them at first, not knowing it was in my spam and I was supposed to have replied to the email since. So I, I, I replied and I started out. So initially it was meant to be free training with no pay. Mm. And, but after like my second month of training or during my second month of training, 
And after familiarizing myself with some of the apps the company was working on, the company was work, mainly working on FinTech apps. Yeah. And that was where I was introduced to PHP. So, so after that, they decided to retain me and started paying me. It wasn't much, but I was happy. It was like the first time I was being paid to do something tech. So I was really happy. I ended up spending nine months with the company. So I'm, I'm actually grateful for the opportunity because it introduced me to a whole lot that I know today about working on production code, version control, working in a team, some design and architectural patterns, agile methodology, and, I, and a whole lot more. So it was really a good starting point for me. Yeah. Really a good starting point for me. That sounds awesome. So what did you like about your jobs? You mentioned you've had uh, three tech jobs. Yes, I've, I've had three tech jobs. The, the first one was the one I just spoke about. And I think I liked that one because of how open the senior developers were. They were very kind and patient. And I I didn't really disturb them. But anytime I had to ask them a question, they, they were always ready to answer me. Because while I was training, they were actually working on production code. And I, anytime I had any issue, I would meet them and they would explain to me. And, like sometimes tell me a better way to do this and that. So I really like that. The 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 the, the second job I was more like an in-house developer. Okay. I worked with great people today. It was awesome. It was really awesome. Yeah. I was there for about a year before I moved on to the last job I did in Lagos before I came down to the US. Yeah, which was at Tech advance and same as the first one. I had looked, I had senior guys there, and I wasn't a senior guy yet, but yeah. I wasn't a junior too. Yeah. So, but then I I got into the company, got the test, got my offer, and the company is actually so awesome. Like. They had open senior developers too. Our CTO was a very nice person and yeah, it was really interesting working there. I learned a lot, a lot, a lot from the company before I left. It's it was it's a pity. My my duration there was for about six months before mm -hmm. I left. But during that six months I I did I did stuff that I couldn't do before I joined them. Okay, sounds like an awesome company to work for. Yeah. yeah. Uh, so do you have anything you want to say before we end this episode? Um, yeah, maybe I should actually refer to beginners. Mm -hmm. Yeah, because I, I tend to remember when I started out myself too. And even to date, I still advise some people that that wants to learn, oh, what should I learn first? Should I learn Python? Should I learn C++? Should I learn? Sometimes I, I just tell them, oh, what do you need to do? What do you want to do with programming? Is it something as a hobby for you? Do you like want to build a career out of it? Or like, 
do you have the next big idea and you want to build it? Like what's, what do you want? So we have these conversations and I, sometimes I just tell them, oh, why don't you do this, do this, do this. And if you, if you're able to find interest in this, continue. So I think my advice for beginners mainly is that they should try as much as possible not to, not to be overwhelmed with materials online. Like, oh, if you see that you started out with, let, let's say for instance, front-end masters, oh, follow the learning path to don't be on front-end masters today, then next tomorrow you are on YouTube watching another channel. Then the day after, you are building a, a blog with a different language. And next week you are actually writing React components. So just one step at a time, pick a learning resource and follow it through. And you get the best out of it like that. Don't let any material be overwhelming to you. Yeah, you have to take control of your head. I don't yes. the noise bother you. Thank you for joining me on this episode. Yeah, welcome.